Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Well, thanks for joining us on Prime Time. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, quiet quitting is having a moment. Not so quiet anymore, is it? The trend of employees choosing perhaps not to go above and beyond their KPIs. Instead, they're prioritizing their mental health. They're prioritizing time with family. And they're saying, you know what? I'm just going to do what I need to do. Meaning, I've got these KPIs. I will do that. I will try to meet those KPIs, but I'm not going to go beyond that. Now, this indeed does seem to be the next phase of the great resignation, doesn't it? And this sees nearly, and I was just looking at the figures, one in five employees looking to switch to a new employer in the next year, according to a study by PwC. 64% said that they want work that provides a sense of fulfillment and meaning. Wouldn't you want that as well? And 62% want to be able to bring their authentic selves to work. That would be a nice thing, right? So against this backdrop, of course, it's noteworthy to take a look at how communication gaps also have arisen in the workplace and how the dynamics of intergenerational workforces may have actually fanned the flames of workplace dissatisfaction. Is this happening in your workplace? Well, if it is, you can text us, tell us about your experience with quiet quitting, or maybe you're not a quiet quitter, but everyone else around you is. What is that like? 88550893. As usual, you can WhatsApp us any time. But let's talk about this in a more considered fashion. We've got Carrie Tan joining us today. She is self-work and transformation coach from Light Bearers. And those of you who are living in Nisun GRC, you're going to say, hey, isn't that my MP? And you would be right. Now, don't worry. She assures me that she has not quietly quit. She's merely been studying the phenomenon as a coach. Right, Carrie? Yes, hello, Bharati. Nice to meet you. <laughs> you know, when you approached us and said you wanted to talk about this, that was my first thought. Oh no, has Carrie quietly quit? No, far from it. I think um, what I'm championing and also advocating to the quiet quitters out there is you cannot quit. Um, but uh, I think we can all benefit from understanding what it is that's making us feel like quitting. And the keyword here is feel. Mm. The thing is, Carrie, I think it's important before we make any judgments to actually define what we mean by quiet quitters. Some people are saying they're slackers. But look, if you look at what quiet quitters themselves are saying, they're just saying that, no, no, we're not slacking off. We're actually meeting our KPIs. We're doing our best. But that's all mm. we're doing. We're not going to go above and beyond. We're not going to sacrifice our mental health and relationships because of work. Wouldn't you say that is a very reasonable expectation to have and in fact a healthier way to live? I actually fully agree that uh, this phenomenon of quiet quitting follows a great great resonation which actually follows another phenomenon which I call the great realization which is that uh, people are because of the disruption brought by COVID and pandemic and they're seeing these things happen around them, they're feeling very disrupted. They're starting to see that their self-identity and their lives has got to be more than their jobs. And I think with the with the um, uh, the quietness and the slowdown that the pandemic brought, that time for self-introspection, uh, people are beginning to sense that there is more to life and there must be more to life than just showing up at work and, you know, chasing an income. And why is it that when they're doing all these things, they still feel this um, disconnect or restlessness inside them? And I think they're seeking answers 
and they may not be finding those answers at the workplace, which means that they need to avail more of their time and energy to outside the workplace to seek their fulfillment, meaning and purpose. But I think then that begs a very big question for corporates, because then corporates would be asking, right? employers would be asking, how can we bring more meaning and purpose into the workplace to employees? And I think that's a very important and valid question to ask. Okay, so let's talk about that. Because some experts have also pointed out that if your employers or rather if your employees are made up mostly of quiet quitters, clearly you are doing something wrong. This is actually a symptom of bad bosses, not bad employees. So give us your perspective on that. Well, I think it's um, unhelpful to judge and label people what is good, what is bad. I think we need to observe the phenomenon and identify the needs and the gaps. And I think this um, judgment doesn't help. And it is precisely this judgment that presents itself in such a pronounced manner in little interactions every day at work and in life that makes us feel like, you know, we're not able to express ourselves and our needs in an authentic manner. 62%, like you mentioned, mentioned that they want more authenticity at the workplace. They want to be able to be authentic self. But how many of us actually really understand what it means to be authentic? What are you suggesting then that people actually look into themselves and figure that out? Before they actually decide? Okay. So once you've identified the fact that there are problems, you said don't label people, but we've been labeling quiet quitters for several months now. That should stop too? Yes. I think, again, that's not constructive. What is more productive, I think, helpful will be an inquiry. And the blind spot that I've been talking about uh, in many different platforms in uh, management and leadership um, theories right now or leadership development is the blind spot of self-awareness, of emotional awareness. Like what I said earlier, the key word is feel. I think in Singapore, as in many, many workplaces, I, we, are, we are not facing a competency gap so much because there's so many training development, skills development uh, training available that helps people to be more competent in their jobs. But there are very few training and development that helps people to be more connected with their emotions. And it's actually the emotions that are not tended to in our lives and in our workplaces that makes people feel like we cannot be authentic. Because I'm not just my brain and I'm not just a workhorse. I have my emotional needs. I need to feel connected. I need to know that when I express my opinions and feelings and needs at the workplace I'm being listened to instead of being labelled or instead of being judged. Um, And that's a phenomenon that's happening a lot especially with age-diverse workforce, because simply because of the different generations and what they are used to in terms of uh, how they prefer to communicate. And this stands very much from a, a difference in the generations and what their needs are. Mm, okay, so, so let's gen- talk about how this process can be done better. How can all of this be bridged in the workplace? How can the chasm be closed, so to speak? And how can both bosses as well as employees work towards a greater emotional awareness that would be good for both parties? Mm. So I think the the workplace um, training and talks, etc., and employee wellness programs need to start looking into developing emotional awareness and self-awareness. Because when we are not aware, that's when we may find ourselves uh, judging someone or saying something or responding in a manner that is, uh, comes across as judgmental, which creates defensiveness or it creates stonewalling. And that has a detrimental in, uh, effect on workplace relationships. 
And when workplace relationships are not optimum, then you can imagine that teamwork is not optimum. And people can come up, show up and do their jobs, but they're not feeling connected or fulfilled or affirmed or appreciated. And hence, they go look for that in other places. Yep, and that's exactly kind of what we're seeing right now, right? Some would say they're looking for that in other places. But I also have to say, we can't we can't really encourage people to find everything that they need to be a fulfilled person at work, right? I mean, some might say, is this a way of getting people then to say, yeah, 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 I'm going to go the extra mile at work and I'm going to spend all these hours working and neglect everything else, including my family? Well, I think I've been um, trying to share and promote the notion that we need to bring our whole persons to work, um, Mm. which in itself, you know, talking about emotions at the workplace, the older generations might be feeling that this this is really strange and very unfamiliar. And is that really the right thing to do? Because the narrative that has come before us is that you should just come to work and do your job and don't bring your emotions into the workplace. Emotions should have nothing to do with it. But emotions has everything to do with our sense of connectedness, our sense of meaning, and our sense of purpose. And you can see that in the in the current um, drive towards uh, ESG for many companies. That is the same thing that the consumers is asking of companies, of asking of brands. They no longer want a company to deliver an excellent product. They want to know that the product they're buying is steeped in values that are sustainable. You know, that helps the earth, that helps people, that benefit humanity. And all that stems from the emotional need to belong and to be part of a bigger purpose other than ourselves. So I think it would be a mistake to continue to divorce or detach emotions from the workplace when that is what makes us human. And the fact is that technology has been so advanced now that a lot of the work tasks can be replaced by machines and AI and robots And in fact, sometimes they can do these things much better than a human being. Mm. So if a human beings, what they can do is now replaced in a more efficient manner, faster manner by machines. What is left for the human being to do? I think we need to start looking at being more human. (laughs) Yeah, you know, capitalize on the fact that there are certain things humans can still do better than machines. And in fact, even when it comes to career planning, a lot of experts say that's how you should plan it. Yeah, Think about what you can do that a machine might not be able to even in the next five to ten years. But let's talk about how to begin this process at the workplace If you are an organization, where do you even start with this process of self-discovery, authenticity, mentoring, and better communication? Well, I think it starts with looking out for uh, trainers and coaches out there. There is a community of them who are very well-versed in the emotional uh, connectedness and whole-person coaching. Like Barris is one, I do that actively in terms of coaching leaders to first get reconnected with themselves uh, and make self-care real. <laughs> yeah, because right now it's... Is... Why do you say it like that? You mean even though more and more organizations are talking about self-care, it's sort of not real still, would you say? Well, I think it's an endeavor, but mm. they're still endeavoring because I can see many top leaders unable to take themselves off answering the emails way past 8 p.m. or 7 p.m. And I think it's not about what you uh, vouch or you want to do or you say in your employee 
programs or banners and internal communications, but it's how you are role modeling that behavior as a leader because um, what your employees see from you as a leader is going to set the tone for what they're going to believe that our culture is about. So if self-care is put out in all the communications but not role modeled by the leader themselves, then people are not going to buy it. People are not going to believe it. And then they might feel uh, disenchanted. So I think the, the most important thing is for senior leaders to start taking a slowdown and start reconnecting with themselves and what they find fulfilling and meaningful for them. And then when they can reconnect to that and switch off the, I would say we have rather compulsive workaholic culture, mm. if they can switch that off and still manage to be effective and still have a balanced life, I think then that's the sets the tone. The employees, to the employees that they can do the same and it's going to be okay. Right, so they can have a balanced life, yet meet their KPIs and occasionally go the extra mile. Yes. Um, I want to speak a little bit about how this um, very driven work, workaholic culture came about. Um, mm, because nowadays we're seeing a lot of people wear overworking as a badge of honour, right? Yes, uh, I'd like to put forward a perspective uh, and insight from coaching individuals is that um, those who are in the boomer or Gen X uh, generation before millennials, um, we actually, or not we, I mean, I'm like a millennial, but they actually grew up um, being rewarded very little for, or they didn't have a lot of emotional connection. Uh, there is actually a mental health uh, report in 2016 that says that more than 60% of adult Singaporeans reports having had adverse childhood experiences when they were young. And half of those are of emotional neglect. Hmm. So what that tells us is that as children, they didn't have very emotionally available parents because from that generation, parents were busy making a living. They were busy making things work. They were busy putting food on the table. They had very little knowledge, awareness or bandwidth to emotionally connect with their children. And this could be more pronounced in Asian societies. So we have a whole generation of people who grew up not shown how to emotionally connect to themselves, but they were rewarded whenever they did well in school, whenever they achieved something, they were praised. And so they grew up thinking that this is what I need to do yeah. to get affirmation in life. Mm. And this is what makes them feel successful and fulfilled. But there is a huge part of them that is not being tended to, a huge part of their human mm. that has lost connection with themselves. So you're okay. saying reconnect, right? Reconnect. Yes. Okay, here's the thing. I would like to take this in a slightly different direction just for a moment. Some experts have pointed out there are actually huge implications to all of this because a lot of companies have become very dependent on non-paid hours to make profits. So surely companies need to also consider how all of this could become a problem in the long term. How badly will all of this hit the corporate world in the sense that might we be at risk of bosses actually building, going the extra mile and targets into standard KPIs? I think that's a very dangerous uh, situation to go into. Um, and uh, to me, it's not logical because why I think the invitation I want to extend is to consider how is it that with the advent of all this technology that helps us to work better and faster, we are still working more hours. Mm. 
Because you see, they've built it into the KPI. <laughs> they know now you can so be then, more productive. So the worry is can. that that bosses won't evolve and they'll continue on this journey mm-hmm. with the same mindset that there will be no paradigm shift. So which I think uh, this whole quiet quitting phenomenon, well, maybe we call it any something else, is a call for a stop to this. I think companies need talent. They need people to work. And if people will no longer stand for this, then they're going to walk. And then it will force the organization to evolve. Without a crisis, usually people will be set as goal. But like we won't be jolted into making any changes or improvements. Um, and I'd like to invite um, organization leaders that although it may appear like it contradicts your own values of what hard work is, or what makes you successful or what makes the organization successful. I would like to invite you to think that the call put forward by the new generation is a call towards evolution. If you look at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we are all evolving to the need for self-actualization, which is about meaning, which is about purpose. Mm -hmm. And my call to organization leaders is the sooner you stop resisting this and have awareness that you're only feeling affronted or or unfamiliar and challenged by these notions is simply because it's unfamiliar to you. But what is going to propel growth is always going to cause discomfort. Right. So get comfortable with the discomfort. Get comfortable with the discomfort. Go with the flow. Go with what is the what are the necessary evolution of your organization's workings that is needed in order to get you the best talent. All right. Think about it that way. That's a more strategic way to think about it. Also, have that evolve into a more human way of thinking about your employees. Thank you very much, Carrie Tan, self-work and transformation coach from The Light Bearers and a member of parliament as well. If you live in her constituency, Nisun Ward, I believe, in Nisun GRC, don't worry. We did establish at the start of this interview that she has not quietly quit. She's merely helping organizations who are dealing with a lot of individuals who perhaps need to find themselves. We're talking here about both bosses, employers and employees. Many thanks for joining us on Prime Time today. And please, if you have a thought on quiet quitting, you know what to do. Just text us anytime, 8855-0893. Any thoughts at all and what you think of Carrie Tan's invitation to find your authentic self. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.